This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Go. about being a confident eater. This is something that we're focusing on this month in Warrior School. I'm going to do a podcast on it, uh, but I wanted to talk to you about uh, what is a confident eater and how you can start to work on becoming a more confident eater and why that's even important. But before we talk about being a confident eater, we have to first talk about diet culture as this is why so many of us aren't confident eaters. So in my undergrad degree, I did my major research project on the eating disorder continuum. Now down one end of the continuum is healthy relationship with food and body uh, is a confident eater. Down the other end of the continuum is clinically diagnosed eating disorder. Now, I became really fascinated with our relationship to food when my sister had an eating disorder. So I went, did my master's in dietetics, uh, and then when I finished that, I found a few really great mentors that worked in this space. And I really wanted to understand what caused us to slide up and down this continuum? I've always had a healthy relationship with food and have been a confident eater, very much an intuitive eater. And so I became very fascinated with our relationship to food and why so many women that I was working with weren't confident eaters. So what causes us to slide up and down this continuum? Now, in the middle is where a lot of us sit, which is disordered eating practices. So it's diet culture. What is diet culture? Diet culture worships thinness. So this ideal female archetype. Uh, it promotes weight loss, so a change in the body, our weight, shape, or size. It chooses perfect eating over not eating. It makes food decisions to change our weight, shape, or size. Uh, it restricts whole food groups and demonizes certain ways of eating. So there is a right or wrong or good or bad. And I believe that you don't have to be on a diet to be a part of the diet culture. You don't have to be on a diet to be on the continuum. We're all on the continuum. And it's, diet culture is not experienced the same by everyone. And I think that's really key. And where we are on the continuum can change. Uh, and a lot of different experiences can impact why we are at a certain place on the continuum or why our relationship with uh, our body and food is the way that it is. But really it's rooted in diet culture. 
this belief that, you know, uh, if you achieve this, this ideal female archetype, uh, or if you eat this certain way or don't eat these certain foods, uh, that you'll be able to get the result that you want. Now, I've worked with hundreds of women and I've had thousands of conversations. And I, a lot of the women think that they're not dieting. But when we dig deep into their relationship with food, they realize that they are pursuing this wellness or health in a way that looks very much like a diet. Uh, they're in this space in the middle, which is this disordered eating space. And they have a lot of disordered eating practices around food. What's really key here is that that's not their fault. Uh, it's not your fault. It is the fault of diet culture, the fictional belief that's been created that, you know, if we eat a certain way or we find a perfect way of eating, we'll be able to get the results that we want. But basically, I think that diet culture erodes trust. And that's what I've seen uh, through working with hundreds of women is that they have no trust within their body. Uh, in this search of the right way or the perfect way, they've stopped listening to their bodies. Uh, they don't understand what their body needs. And so there's no trust there and they aren't confident eaters. So the work can look a little bit different for each of us, but the work to be a confident eater might mean stopping the diet, <laughs> uh, getting curious about where you are on the continuum. Uh, it's getting curious about your body. Uh, your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, your perception, your story and your behaviors about food, your relationship to food and to your body and how they all link. Uh, the work might mean that you're building skills uh, such as mindfulness. And so it's this allowing and the receiving of the information and learning how to respond to the intuitive needs of the body. Uh, so it's being mindful, it's being aware of internal cues, responding to those needs, learning how to respond to those needs. And that's a big one because when we speak about being a confident eater or just listening to the body, uh, we have to remember that so many of us have spent years, if not decades, doing the complete opposite. So it takes, uh, and this is why I call it the long way home, it takes a lot of practice and patience uh, to start to build that trust, to uh, be able to listen to our internal cues and then respond to them. Uh, doing the work might also mean being able to comfortably talk about food. Uh, understanding that the fictional beliefs that the diet culture has created uh, and how they have influenced uh, the way that you eat, your relationship to food. I think when we do the work, we really need a tribe. And that's one of the reasons why I created Warrior School. Uh, we're stronger together. And I think having a tribe really helps us uh, do this work. And it's understanding that it's a long way home. Like I said, been years or decades of not listening 
And so we've got, we've got a long trek back to home, to the body. So what is a confident eater? Uh, how do you know if you might be a confident eater? So a confident eater may check in with their body before, during, or after eating. So a check-in might look like, uh, how do I feel? How's my energy? Am I hungry? Am I full? Uh, what feeling might be driving uh, my want to eat? Uh, is it physiological? Is it emotional? So they always check in. They listen to their body uh, and they try to honor their own intuitive signals. So they're really spending that time of listening, allowing, receiving the information. And then they really try and honor those signals by choosing foods that uh, make their body feel good and fulfill those signals. They know what their body wants and needs most of the time. So they're pretty confident in making food choices that make their body feel good, gives them energy, supports their training, supports their cycle. They're confident in how much food their body needs uh, for energy and for satisfaction. They don't count calories or macros. Uh, they have this intuitive, um, they just know how much their body wants or needs based on the feedback of their body. They practice mindfulness when eating. So eating is very comfortable and relaxed for them. Uh, they're very mindful uh, about what their body's telling them, their hunger and fullness scale. They don't listen to external cues. And this one's a really big one. Uh, and often this is the one that really drives our food choices. So those external cues could be other people, <laughs> which is a really big one, people's opinions and beliefs around food, uh, which most of the time I wish that they would keep to themselves. Uh, diets, so the dieting industry, uh, numbers, uh, the environment, Anything that external that drives, uh, drives, you know, our decision to eat or not eat uh, certain foods or our relationship to food. Uh, a confident eater also may be able to eat a wide variety of foods without guilt. So there's no good or bad, right or wrong. Uh, they are very confident in putting up boundaries around triggering food conversations. Uh, they trust their body to communicate it, what it needs and you know, they have the confidence to respond. Uh, they are very aware and intentional with food, but they don't overthink or obsess about their food choices. They eat to support their cycle, their training, uh, but they also eat for... Uh, and this is often forgotten, this love, connection, and joy part of food. So <laughs> uh, that's just a little bit about being a confident eater or what a confident eater may look like. You know, how we can uh, start to look at, you know, sliding back down this scale. So we know that the diet culture uh, can impact our experience and our relationship with food and that may make us slide up into the middle and we start to develop a lot of disordered eating practices now 
the work then becomes may become uh, what we just spoke about. So it starts with just creating space to start to understand the body. Uh, what does it want? What does it need? What makes it feel good? Uh, and then being able to respond to that. And the only way uh, to do that is to practice. I've always been a very confident eater. Uh, I've listened to my body and I've responded to what it needs. I have a lot of trust uh, in that, in, in my body. And I've never counted calories or macros um, or been on a diet. I've always just intuitively know uh, what my body wants and needs to feel satisfied, uh, to give me energy, to be able to recover, to be able to train. It is, for me, it's always seemed uh, easy, but after working with women for hundreds, you know, hundreds of women for 12 years and having thousands of conversations, it's not easy. And so I, I want you to know that, you know, becoming a confident eater and rebuilding trust with the body takes time, uh, it takes patience, uh, and it takes a lot of listening. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hope that from today's episode, you can just start to understand that diet culture is very strong in your beliefs around food uh, and has played a big role in your relationship to food. So why? Why is learning to become a confident eater important? Well, if you spend a lot of time down in this uh, middle section of the continuum and you constantly are thinking about food, uh, obsessing about food, it leaks a lot of energy. It puts a lot of stress on your red umbrella and the physiology knows this. It knows that it's stressful. It knows that it's coming from fear or scarcity. Uh, so therefore, it can be at the detriment to a lot of other prongs in your red umbrella. And so this is when I see this undernourishing, overtraining, irregular cycles is because uh, there's not a strong food foundation there. And that when you become a confident eater, uh, you're very confident in your food foundation and you're confident in listening to your body, understanding what it wants and being able to respond to that and give it what it needs and what it wants. And I think that's really cool. Uh, and it saves a lot of time, a lot of energy. <laughs> uh, it helps us really nourish our red umbrella. So where do you start? Well, I could say you just start by listening to your body, but uh, I think for a lot of us, that's really hard because we don't know what we're listening for. And so, I would start with some food foundations and I have my warrior school food foundations. So if you're interested in learning about this foundation and learning what we do in warrior school, I invite you to connect with me uh, and we can talk about this food foundation. It's such a nice starting point uh, for then being able to create a way of eating that supports your physiology, your training, your cycle. And it's only through, you know, this listening and allowing and responding that we start to build trust. It takes time. It takes practice. Uh, 
But I find it helpful if we can start with a food foundation that's at least, uh, at least going to support the red umbrella. And then from then, uh, when we have that basic foundation, that nourishment, we can then move into really understanding what it means to be a confident eater. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.